0: Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Brad Webb, where the topics are relevant and served with truth, transparency, and some much-needed realness. In this episode, we're chatting with Brandon and Miranda on the transitions of marriage and becoming two, along with the expectations and the fears that followed. It's going to be a real gospel gumbo, if you please. Here's your host, Brad Webb.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Today we are blessed and uh, by having Brandon and Miranda Allen here with us. Brandon, Miranda, why don't you just uh, give us a big shout out and tell us uh, who you are, what you do. And um, we're going to jump into the subject today of what it means in the transition of marriage after being
2: single. Go first, babe. Go ahead.
0: Well, my name's Miranda. I am a social worker at Cabrini Hospital on the Behavioral Health Unit.
2: Oh, that sounded good. That's professional. My name is Brandon. I am a youth pastor here at Family of Grace and also coach football at Louisiana College. So uh, I'm a man of many talents.
1: Well, thank you all so much for joining in with us here. And you guys, just so the audience will know, you have been here with Family of Grace for quite a while. Yep. Uh, when you moved to Alexandria to go to college, uh, God connected you with our ministry, and you attended there as college students. And, uh, and then both of you actually served as an intern uh, here at Family of Grace while you were college students. And uh, it's crazy to think Man, about. Uh, the cool part is I've had a front row seat, uh, to watching you guys go through college. Uh, I remember when you were both uh, dating other people or. Uh, God was doing different things in your life, especially you, Brandon. And uh, and then to watch, I, I remember Miranda, her first year as an intern, I remember thinking, boy, God's got his hand on you, Miranda, and you're going to make somebody a wonderful bride. And here we are, Brandon, the lucky man <laughs> of the <laughs> hour. Little do, no. Little do they know. Little do they know. So anyway, hey, I just want to jump in on that because, you know, today uh, there's a big debate. You know, a lot of people are waiting for a very long time to get married. They're trying to accomplish so much in life before they slow down. And, and then, you know, used to people get married a lot earlier and, uh, they almost rushed it too much. And it seems like we have the hardest time keeping the, the pendulum in the middle and so today, as we talk about this, it's an interesting transition when it goes from just being you, and then all of a sudden now it's us, and the two have now become one. So why don't we just talk about that for a few minutes? And because uh, you guys, you guys really, um, you guys really spent time, um, you know, being together for a while before you were married, and uh, just what that means. Uh, you you kind of hit the sweet spot, I think. You know, how, tell me how old you were when you got married.
2: Oh, I was
0: 21. That means you were going to turn 23 like the next
2: month. Yeah, that's true. I was. Gosh, we were young.
0: Right. I don't realize how young I was in the time. And now I look back on it and I'm like, OK, I was a baby. 21
2: and 20, mm-hmm. about to be 23.
1: Yeesh. Mm-hmm. And now how old are you now? I'm 26.
0: And I'm. 25
1: 25 you know because today though so many people are waiting to their late their late 20s before they Mm -hmm. even think about getting married so i mean let's just talk about that and some of the big biggest adjustments that you had uh when the two of you became husband and wife
0: yeah i think for me the biggest adjustment was just like living with another person um I got married when I was going to be a senior in college. I was going into my last year. Thankfully, he was already done, which was helpful, but I wasn't really working, and so he was the only person working, so that put a strain on us, and then also just trying to finish school and then adjust to, like, the newlywed life was was difficult. Learning how to communicate with each other was probably the hardest part.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I'm with you. I think the hardest adjustment for anybody is when you go from living, you know, by yourself to having to share everything was definitely a shock. You know, waking up to somebody next to you every day, uh, somebody going to bed, you know, because you just can't live the way you used to live by yourself. Right. Because, you know, the way they may fold the clothes may be different or the way, you know. They like be a bed hog. You may be a bed hog, and so, which means that the woman's gonna win every time. And so, like all those things were a, a, a big different for us. And what I ate, you know, like I, I, she cooks more, so I, you know, I didn't have to eat out as much. But the things that I like, she may necessarily like, and so that caused a lot of debate in the house for sure.
0: Well, and you know, I never dated before Brandon, and he was my first boyfriend, and. Not on purpose. That's just kind of how it worked, <laughs> and so it was just hard for me in general getting used to dating and you know what's what's supposed to happen.
1: How long did y'all? How long did you date before you were married?
0: We started dating in December of 2015, and we got no, not 2015, 2013, and we got yeah. married in July 2015. So like yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. which sounds squished. So we were dating for a
2: year before we got engaged and then we got engaged. It was a six month engagement before we got married. So, yeah, a year and a half. That's about right.
1: Yeah. And and Brandon, during that time, though, uh, God was doing some of the deepest work in your life. Yeah. You know, for spiritually coming into that relationship with him. And as you began to walk closer to the Lord, how, how was that changing the way that you were now involved in a relationship? Man, that,
2: that was crazy because I, can, I always tell the joke, but like I can remember struggling. That's when that time we were dating that I decided to, when God called me from coaching into the ministry full time uh, back before I got the job at LC. And uh, man, just watching myself go through those changes spiritually while being in a relationship, and I was blessed, man, to have a, a, a girlfriend at the time that, you know, she wasn't, you know, after the money, not saying that, you know, coaching was definitely going to bring me all the big bucks, but, like, she was supportive of me when I was walking through those hard times and you know I would tell the joke of that night after undefeated I went to night ministry when I was in the car crying next to her because I knew that God was calling me into the ministry I didn't want to really accept it and uh she just looked at me like I was crazy she probably, do you even remember that do you remember that night? No. Okay, good. Perfect. Yeah, okay. Glad I don't like to say that uh, I'm, glad dude, but I don't lie. I'm glad she doesn't remember. I'm glad she doesn't remember. But yeah, just watching, you know, having her by my side to help me walk through all that was really great, you know, and I think that made me fall more in love with her by, you know, while walking through a hard time having somebody who didn't just, you know, speak to me from a logical standpoint, but it was also a spiritual standpoint to help me see things from a, from a, a godly perspective and that that helped me out through that. So, that was a, that was really good for me that's
1: a that's a great point it's you really you know you drew out on as you guys you were going through that moment of transformation and Miranda uh, it Christ has just been evident in your life from the first time that I met you and that's such a blessing to be able to see a young lady uh, carry herself in that way and and then also you know man what a, what a strong testimony I, I just want to go back and uh, press you a little bit on that he was my first boyfriend you know, talk about what that was like because there's a lot of young ladies that may be listening to this episode of our uh, transitions, and um, they're feeling the pressure, like that I need to have a boyfriend or I need to be doing this, and like, just what did that mean to you to wait so long on the Lord to uh, put that right person in your life and not have to experiment around?
0: I think um, the biggest help for me when just in high school and then starting off in college was just having friends who had the same um, values that I had. And so it really wasn't as much of a pressure because they knew if a guy came along and he was no good, like they tell you pretty quickly. And so it's good to have those friends in your life that, that are honest. And I really just never felt the need. You know, I was like, hmm, none of these guys are any good, especially in college. When you start off in college, all the guys want to have a girlfriend, but you know it's just kind of a thing to where I never felt the pressure because I had good friends and I felt like I stayed in church and there was plenty I had to do. I played soccer at Elsie, so I was plenty busy without that. So, yeah,
1: guys, guys needing those girlfriends probably because they're needing so much help with homework. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get to
2: college, man. All the you know it's always funny watching the 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 upper level class upper classmen. Uh, just like attack the freshman girls, man, because they, you know, all the girls are freshmen. They know they want the big, strong, popular college guy, and so you know, for her to to just say, yeah, get away from me, was pretty cool for to watch. We were really good friends before we even. Uh, we even started dating. Like, you know, I was two years ahead of her in school. And so we actually met the summer before school through FCA. She was a FCA leader at the, the the kids camp, and I was a leader. And we all kind of knew she was an incoming freshman, you know. And I, we became really good friends over that summer. Actually, after the camp, we were just like, we went to Lazy River as a big, huge group. And somehow we were all floating down the Laser River in Baton Rouge, and somehow me and her just – we're like stranded together. Everybody else left us. so we We're just hanging out, just talking and we became really good friends. And for like, I had just started dating my other girlfriend at the time and we were just hanging out good friends for two years. And, uh, it's crazy how two and a half years.
0: And I think that was really important for us. Just building like a basis of a friendship. Correct. And I think that God knew that that's how it was going to have mm-hmm. to happen for me. Cause I was always really resistant to any guy that came into my life. And so, um, the fact that we were friends for so long mm-hmm. and it just made us comfortable together, I didn't really get like nervous around him. You right. know, it was and like it, a
2: and we knew each other from a transition. friend level because I think when people start dating, even like people might say, "Oh, y'all only dated for a year and a half." We really knew each other for three and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, we knew each other outside of like prospect if that makes sense. So, like, usually when people are dating, you know, they try to put on their best, the best them. And so, uh, I knew who she was. I knew the goofy her but because I wasn't trying to date her at first and she wasn't trying to date me. So, she knew all of Brandon. She knew, like, you know, how goofy he was, how lame he was, whatever the case may be. So, by the time we started dating, I couldn't, like, put on this facade. She already knew who I was. So, if I started acting like somebody else or try to be the, the player, you know, she would see right through it because she already knew me. So, knowing somebody... A long time before you try to date definitely makes it a whole lot easier in that process. You can kind of cut through all the, you know, the fluff that first six months usually gives you and you just kind of get right to the, the real thing, so...
1: So, man, that, that's an awesome testimony, just story, how you guys connected. And Miranda, if you, were, if you were able to give some encouragement to a young lady just entering into college and, and those things, um, I mean, what would be one word of encouragement that you would give her in that realm of, of dating and uh, making sure that, uh, man, that you wait on the Lord? I think that's one of the strongest passages of scripture where he says, wait on the Lord and those who wait on the Lord. Will mount up with wings of eagles, and they'll run and not grow weary, and walk and not faint. What would you What would you encourage uh, a young lady today?
0: I think we we see a lot of people coming into college and young girls and jumping at the first relationship they see just because they want to feel like accepted or they want a friend and I think it's just a big transition coming into college or you know just making sure you you are patient first off and then like just to look in the the fruit in his life and you can really tell you know people can tell you whatever they want but you can tell if someone is serious and if they're mature and you know if you have to. Just make a list of things that are important to you and, you know, how he is with his family and does he do his schoolwork? Is he going to graduate college? These things are all great questions to ask yourself. Just not being impulsive. You know, it can be easy to be impulsive when you're feeling lonely or whatever, but just waiting is worth it.
2: And
1: when you talk about that, it's important because uh, the theme of these episodes is transitions. And so you're already going through one transition, mm-hmm. one season of life. You're you're leaving home, and now you're on your own for the first time. And it's almost like, Brandon, do you feel like a lot of people are almost short-circuiting that first phase in that transition, moving from high school to, to um, uh, college by trying to cram another dynamic or another uh, season into that?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that... Um the world tells you you have to have somebody else in your life right now, and that's solely a lie. Um, I think a lot of that is us and our, our greed of wanting everything and wanting everything now. So we want the quality relationship, um, and we want that now, but we don't realize how much time it takes to get to that point. Um, there's nothing wrong with, like we said, you not having a girlfriend or a boyfriend um, in college while you're trying to figure out, your life you know because figuring you out is huge you know it's hard for you to try to be the head if you're a guy be the head of a relationship and uh control where that relationship's going if you can't really control where your life is going at that point in time and so um now look i'm all about having a a a boyfriend or girlfriend or a spouse to help you and make you stronger so i think that's why god designed marriage but at some point, you got to figure your stuff out first before you try to bring somebody else into your mess.
0: Right, because you're just now leaving, you know, from under your parents. Most people, and, and so just you go from their instruction and guidance, and you got to figure out how to be independent before you can even try to, you know, be with a somebody else.
1: And it is so hard because going back to in the beginning, you know, you said you still had a year of school left. Was it a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were finished. And so, man, if if people are, are trying to cram that in too soon, man, it just gets so complicated because both of you are broke college students trying to manage that and get out. And Capital B. Capital, Capital B on B. the broke,
2: yes. It's, I think
0: uh, it was important for Brandon to be graduated because we were broke enough As it is when he was working, you know, so it was really important for him to be done because I was, we needed some sort of income and that's Mm -hmm. like a big stress in any marriage and anybody's life is, is finances. Mm -hmm. So that was big.
1: So what do you think was the biggest adjustment that you had to deal with? Just once you said, I do, and you became married, Brandon, you mentioned earlier, just learning how to, you know, the surface things. What was the biggest adjustment deep down that you had to to come to terms with now that you were married?
2: I think the biggest adjustment for me was as a, as a guy growing up in a single parent home, learning how to be a, a successful husband. Um, you know, you lost my dad when I was at a, at a young age and so and it was funny how me and all my best friends growing up, Literally, we all had single moms. Like, you know, we go back and look at it. Like, all my best friends that I grew up with, all all we had was moms. There were no dads around. And so I can remember when I wanted to propose to Miranda, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. From the proposal to what it meant to be a, a, a husband. I knew that what we had was special. I knew that I wanted her to be my wife. But after that, I was like, what, what next? What do I do? And so I can remember, you know, even when, before I proposed, I started on this whole journey of just asking people, listening to podcasts, reading books, listening to sermons. I did everything I do, I, I did I could do to learn what it meant to be a successful husband because I did not see that modeled out before me. You know, uh, even my grandmother, my grandfather died, and even that generation of marriage was a little bit different from what it is today. And so I had no clue what it meant to be a successful husband. So I found myself learning and trying to learn as much as I possibly could so that I could make sure that, you know, you know, I didn't fail her once we did say I do because that scared me because I knew once we got married in my mind, you know, that divorce word was not going to be in our vocabulary. And so I wanted to make sure that I did everything I could so that she could be proud of me, that she could want to, you know, love me and want to submit to me so, you know, because I'm leading her the right way. So that was definitely my biggest thing was just learning how to be a husband because I did not see it in front of me modeled out
0: and um, I think just kind of piggybacking off of that is just learning how um, a healthy marriage is supposed to work a biblical marriage is supposed to work Mm -hmm. Um, taking his leadership and being able to take his authority and be submissive, but also and having my own opinion, which he did a good job helping me with that. So that was huge for me. And then just the minor, like I have... I feel like I had some control issues, and I kind of have a bit of a micromanager. So it's hard, It was hard for me to like kind of let go control and let him make mm-hmm. decisions for our family. Now, you know, just it's not me. It's it's him, and and just trusting that he was doing what was right without without um, feeling like I was just losing control or
1: because that's a good point. I want to just press you on both of you on that for a moment because Miranda, you you came from. A, a traditional home mom, your yes. dad's there. Your dad's always been an overachiever mm-hmm. and working mm-hmm. for himself and very successful. And, mm-hmm. um, and of course you, you do not have any brothers, correct? Just no, you and just another me and my sister. sister. <laughs> and so man, your dad, I mean, you girls are, I'm a, I'm a girl dad. You know, I finally got a little boy that's only, uh, soon to be four. So man, I know what it's like to be a girl dad and, and those expectations, and so two questions here, one for you and one for Brandon. I want, to go, I want to go to Brandon first. Brandon, you mentioned that you listened to podcasts and you read whatever you could on what it meant to be um, a godly husband and to be there for your wife. What, what would you tell some a guy today that's never had a solid man as a role model, a father as a role model in his life, uh, and that father could be somebody not biological, but correct. What, what what word of encouragement would you give them and pathway to walk down to uh, be successful? I
2: think the the biggest thing, if I had to write a book on it while I was starting my whole chapter one would just be the gospel because the way marriage was designed and the way God designed it, you know, you look at, you know, you're working through the, the the bible and what it says about marriage it talks about how in ephesians right like how you know husbands love your wives you know as christ loves the church and, and the problem with that is so many people are stepping to this marriage but they don't really understand what it means for christ to love the church and so it wasn't until spiritually i was able to understand what real love was right that you know that christ you know, died for the church. That Christ laid down His life. That Christ, you know, uh, is patient. You know that He's He's loving. You know that He has that agape love, right? That he, God so loved the world, but the agape love means unconditional. It Means there's nothing you can do to stop Jesus from loving you. When I began to realize those things and realize that's the type of love that Christ want me to have for my wife, it wasn't until that light bulb went off into my head that I realized that when I walk into my marriage, that's what I was agreeing to. And I think so many guys walk into a marriage not realizing what they're signing up for, that they don't hold the standard of that agape love that Christ wants, demands from us. And so, you know, we kind of have a, you know, I heard it put this way one time that we have a um, – a contractual love. It's not a commitment love. It's not a covenant. We don't you do know, make a covenant anymore in marriage. We make a contract, which means that if you have a contract, as long as you're fulfilling the things in this contract, we're going to honor this contract. But as soon as you stop making me happy, as soon as my life gets a little bit tougher, then I can take this contract and not renew it. You know. And but a covenant means that it's it's forever. You can't break a covenant. And so it's once I began to realize those type of biblical things and realize. That's what that's the standard that Christ held for me. Um, that's when I began to understand that, okay, I can do this because I knew what it took to be married. And I think so many guys, so many marriages are failing because either they're, they know what it takes and they're not willing to commit to it or they're just going into it blind, not really understanding what God is really asking for when he says, you know, when you're asking for somebody's hand in marriage, these are the things that you're signing up for. So for me, the gospel is number one.
1: And so how would you guide somebody, though, that's not, they're not gospel friendly, if you will.
2: If they're not gospel friendly, to be honest with you, then marriage should not be on the table. That's just, I know it's blunt and it sounds crazy, but like for real though, like you can do something else, but you shouldn't call it marriage because like marriage is this biblical thing that God created for two Christians to come together, um, to, to bring glory to him for that. Your relationship to, could, to be a living replica of, of the relationship that Christ has for His people, and what, so
1: why do you say that? Because they won't understand it. They yeah, won't because understand you can't. Yeah, you're you're or?
2: walking into something that is not that you will you don't fully understand. I mean, how can you fully get into a relationship with somebody and marry someone? And say it's marriage, but not honor it the way that God intended it to be. And, and we wonder why the divorce rates inside and outside of church are about one out of two. You know, one out of every two marriages are going to fail because, you know, the world is trying to tell you this is what it is. And worse, the world is saying, hey, marriage is this. And as soon as he stopped making you happy, girl, you better leave him. Or...
1: So so you, you talked about a covenant and a contract. So yeah. what? tell me about that covenant. You know, that what you, you know, as long as we're fulfilling our contract, we're okay. But what's the difference in the covenant?
2: You know, we look at the covenant, we look at the old Testament, you know, the, the, the thing that, that the covenant that God made with the people of Israel saying that you're going to hurt me, you're going to fail. And they did that a lot. And God said, no matter what you do. I am going to honor this covenant because I made this covenant says I made this promise to stick it out with you through thick and thin. And that's legitly what the marriage is, is no matter what you do, no many times you hurt me, no many times you turn your back on me, we're going to figure this out. And that's what God wants us to represent. And uh, so many times people are taking that and they're going at it with a contract mindset of mm-hmm. I'm going to put up with you until something better else comes along.
1: That's that's a good word right there. And I wanted to press you on that just cause a lot of people are thinking, what is the difference, you know, yeah. between the covenant and the contract Miranda also on that with him. I mean, and I may be asking you for something that you don't want to answer, but you know, knowing that he never had a father in his life, I mean, was there a, a and, uh, an anxiousness about that? Like just not knowing or what, what were some things you were struggling with in that area?
0: Well, um, I think that we had good open discussion, so I wasn't, by the time it was time for marriage, I wasn't too um, worried about that, but I will say it was encouraging um, for me to see Brandon reaching out, and he had good men in his life, and it wasn't like maybe he didn't grow up with a father, but he did have good men in his life, and he was able to, he has had a good relationship with my dad, and then, you know, at the church, and even with you, Pastor Brad, it's just like been men that have been willing to take him in and and kind of teach him different things, and so I think he's picked up a little bit from a lot of men in his life along the way, and it has been encouraging me to see just like his willingness to learn and, and be better. And then he, yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, you, first thing, Brandon, you said, you got to go to the gospel. Yes. It's the only way you can truly even appreciate marriage. And, and man, that you said, this is a whole statement, but you really don't know how to do love if you don't understand the model before us, but mm-hmm. that, that being the first step, but on a scale from one to 10, how high of a priority would you say it is for a person to have, find that mentor, in, in their life. Like I know Pastor Ken took y'all in yeah. for yes. a long time. It seemed like y'all went through his premarital counseling, but one to 10, what would you say is the value of somebody being there?
2: I think having a mentor is, I mean, the gospel's the gospel, but having a mentor should be number two on your list because having people in your life that's been there and done that before is priceless. I mean, Miranda, wouldn't you agree? Like just talking to people, who've been through the things that we're going through you know i can just think of all the things that they told us were going to come before it even happened and you better be ready for it so what do you think
0: yeah i think having a mentor is great seeing um people in the church or people just that you know that have done marriage and, and talking with them about it learning from your past whether you grew up with Um, parents that are together or parents that are divorced just learning from that and taking you know what you grew up with and saying what I want to do differently where do I need to learn and and grow
2: yeah I I know I know from a football standpoint like you know always have these metaphors always hear these phrases but you know one guy came and talked to us one day and he said don't let a loser teach you how to win you know you can't let a loser teach you how to win And, and so many times it's crazy how we find people, we let people who've got failing marriages or got people who, who are single, every, you know, try to tell you how you should be running your marriage. And I'm like, why am I listening to you? If I do what you did, it should not wind up in the same boat that you're in. You know, and I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, but like, you know, it's always crazy how the people who are who are struggling the most, You know who are not living their marriage out the way they should be living are the ones trying to give out the, the the, the opinions and so you got to find people in your life you know like we talk about Pastor Ken they've been doing it for a while you know and like I trust you know I look at him and I know that there's not many biblical men out there as you know who's who's done it the right way as he did and so um, you know when I I listen to him I know like you know people always say you can take that to the bank and cash it like if he tells me something you, you better be doing it because if not you know, you're probably not doing it the right way.
1: You at you, boy, and that's so true. And Miranda, we've talked about a Christ-centered marriage and what that's like. How, how do you even keep up that standard? Because that's what a lot of people are saying. that expectations so high. You know, but how do you do that day in, day out? How do y'all as a couple continue to keep up that standard of Christ being the center of your marriage?
0: Yeah, it's easy to... Um get overwhelmed with that or to lose focus and so I think just first not being um, too hard on yourself I think that's something that I always struggle with wanting to reach this standard and you know if you are messing up or if you are not reading your Bible every day sometimes I get upset with myself for not reading the Bible so then I don't read the Bible even more you know it's (laughs) like a It's just like a never ending thing. And so just not being too hard on yourself and, and, you know, making sure that you are prepared for trials because, you know, they come and by reading the Bible daily, praying daily together or separately, I know, it's seems, you know, obvious, but it just takes the daily constant, constant growth in order to add up to something great. Mm
1: -hmm. Going Going into marriage, and if you'll just give me a brief answer to this, because I want to jump into something for other people, but what was your greatest fear, Brandon, going into marriage that was not realistic, that didn't ever come true? And Miranda, the same question. That it wouldn't you. work?
2: Uh, I think the, the greatest fear is, and I can remember, you know, those moments where, you know, we were still dating, and, and or we were still engaged, and just remember, you know, thinking about the future, and... All the fun times that are the coming, but we also, I can remember just one night, you know, just crying together because we were scared that, you know, well, we were making a mistake. Because in our mind, we were crying, not because we were, like you know, worried about each other. We were crying because we understood that once we said I do, that was it. Like, we knew that we were going to have each other for forever. And that's the mindset we had. And so we went to that thing with the weight of knowing, like. We could be making a mistake, you know, just because of we've seen so many other people fail. That what if it doesn't work out? And so I I know I went into our relationship excited and happy and confident, but at the same time, I was having the back of your mind as being a human of Mm -hmm. what if? What if this doesn't work out? And so uh, what if we don't mesh well? What if you know she can't take my morning breath? You know what if all (laughs) these things? And so um, you know I, I can remember all those times, man, just struggling with that thought, but. Goes back to the gospel Once you have somebody Once you accept it And once you have somebody Who knows Jesus The grace that you give one another Is tremendous And I can just understand All the arguments we've had And the disagreements And you know Me not folding the clothes And and me not doing this And her not doing this And how we've learned How to work through those things Because of the grace And no other reason Because if you don't have grace We would probably kill each other by now Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, and I think that just not getting too focused, I got way too focused on, like, is he the one for me, you know? Like, I just think the whole idea of the one was completely ridiculous once I realized that, you know? It's like, you know, he's the one because I married him, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. what makes him the one. Mm -hmm. And so I just need to stop trying to um, be like the Hallmark Channel, which I love, but it gets (laughs) too... Much when you look at movies and think like it's this super romantic and emotional thing all the time and just realizing, you know, this is the decision I made and I got to live with it.
2: That's a great point. <laughs> I, can, I remember that day that, you know, we both talked about that and, you know, we t- listen to sermons, and everything else. And him, you know, uh, might have been Matt Chandler said that he's like, you know, you want to know how my, I know my wife was the one for me. And he paused and said, because I married her, you know, because, like, you know. And what he was saying was, like, so many people will say that I just made a mistake. You're not the one for me. Well, no, like, you said I do. That means she is the one for you. You're choosing to walk away from it. You know, you didn't make a mistake. You made a mistake by, you know, by by not making that choice to love her every single day because love is a choice. Some people think that, oh, I fell out of love. Well, you can fall back in love if you fell out of love yeah. the first time.
1: That's that's exactly what I wanted to wrap up with today. Uh, what would you tell someone who's in their late 20s and they are growing, you know, they're waiting, they're like putting off getting married Or putting off relationships because they're trying to achieve all of this stuff on their own. What, what would be a word, not, not of condemnation or criticism, but what would just be a word of encouragement that you would say is the value of, of, uh, doing life together?
0: Yeah. I think that there are sacrifices that are made just being married, but, um, it has not at all hindered me and my goals. I was able to get my master's degree. I work in a field I love. I work to work in. You know, I think it's beneficial having someone as uh, to bounce ideas off of and and to work together towards a goal. It's really powerful thing when you have two people working together. I don't think that it at all is a hindrance. You know, you can't. I can't get up and move mm-hmm. tomorrow if I wanted to, but. Um, there's something to be said for just having a consistent and, and a stability in your life that comes with marriage and and that kind of stuff.
2: I agree. I mean, my life is uh, is a whole lot better. You know, I'm not just not brownie points, but because of Miranda, you know, I think of how well we balance each other out. You know, we always talk about – she talked about how she's a micromanager and how, you know, she may stress over little things, but I'm the complete opposite. And so, like, I, I don't mind showing up late. I don't mind – you know, I'm not a detailed person, as you all know. And so, like, you know, in the area, we balance each other out because sometimes she's over the top and she's about to, like, you know, have an anxiety attack. And I can walk in and say, babe, just calm down. It's not that serious. You know, I can help her see it from my perspective – but on those times where you know, if if she doesn't step in and get something and and just you know get on my my behind, I, I probably won't get anything done. And so like we we do a good job of balancing each other out. And so mm-hmm. it's really cool how God brings both of those out of us, you know, and and allow us to play off each other's strengths to to boost each other up. And so we're a lot more That's balanced a good word. because of it.
1: Yeah. Hey, Miranda, I want to share. Won't you share one more thing if you don't mind? Because you waited, you didn't date around you waited till God brought the right person into your life. And we're going to have a episode in the future on, you know, about the value of waiting. Um, my wife waited till she was, uh, 36. Uh, what, what, what value would you say is out there to those man or woman? It's just waiting. What, what word of encouragement could you give them?
0: Well, I just think, um, that for me I was able to come in to our marriage and our relationship almost just from a clean slate. And so it helped it helped me not to have this like past emotional kind of baggage that comes with past relationships and and so it was just helpful for both of us to be able to start or well, I was able to just be come into it, like I said, clean yeah. and I don't know.
1: Don't grow weary, huh?
0: Don't grow weary. God's yeah. got a
1: plan for you. Hey, mm-hmm. and then you guys, you guys also now are in a new season. Yes. You've we been married, are. what, two and a half years? Two and a half and years. And now you have Wait. Three three and a three half years, years. Three and a half. Three yeah.
0: and a half years. It'll be four years in July. Four It'll
1: years in four July. Years. And you have a yeah.
0: baby boy. Yes. He will be a year old on Friday.
2: All yes. right. Where's a year gone, huh?
0: So, um, Emmett is going to be a year old, and we are just loving a whole life. whole new season. Yes, it's yeah. been fun.
2: It's definitely been a change. I mean, you know, I think we knew going into it, we, we, we did the whole thing, like kind of when we were first getting married, we had no idea what we were walking into. And so we did a lot of research and talked to a lot of people and do as much as you possibly can. But, you know, everybody always tells you, you can never plan for a baby. It mm-hmm. just kind <clears> of... <throat> You, you you're not playing enough until it actually happens. Yeah. And so, man, just the the watching how our life changes, the way we love, man. We you know I don't think you can ever love something as much as you love a, a baby. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> just watching how needy babies are, watching how much of your life is dedicated now into, to, like taking care of it, and constant having to take care of it. If not, they're pulling something down, they're breaking something, they're sticking something in their mouth. And, I mean, like, man, it's been so cool to watch how, you know, our lives have changed. I do know that we made a commitment to ourselves to never allow Emmett to control our our marriage. Um, I think so many people, you know, when the babies pop up, that their marriages disappear because that baby becomes the the central figure of their marriage. And so... You know, I know we, we, as our lives pick up and get busier and, and we understand that having a kid is important and, and busy, but we always try to make sure that we look at each other the other day and say, you know, what can I do for you? Like, how are you doing? Because we want to make sure that we're being intentional about our marriage because we don't want to be those people, you know, and so many people tell us about this, how when the kids go off to college, you're sitting across from a stranger because for the last 20, 25 years, You've been too busy dealing with the kids, and mm-hmm. when the kids are finally gone, you don't know the person that you're married. And so, so many, so parents get divorced after their kids leave the house because they just don't love each other anymore. And we want to make sure that's not us. And so we've, we're, you know, we're we're one year in. You know, we, who year. knows to see how it goes in the future? But I think so we're would doing you? A good job. Would
1: you say? Would you say that where you are together, the Bible says two are better than one. Would you say where you are now is? Have you been able to exceed your expectations working together? Like where you thought you would be in life at this point?
0: I think so, for sure, because it's um, easy when you're by yourself to kind of be complacent. And Brandon encourages me to grow and I have to grow because I can't just have my own little quirks. I have to be challenged and I can't you know, always be selfish. There's Brandon and Emmett now, and so I have to think of them, you know, before I think of myself, and and that has challenged me a lot, and I feel like I've grown and She's such a,
2: she'll never tell you this, but she's such an amazing mother. Like, it's so crazy because, you know, you always wonder, you know, because you you know your wife before you have a kid, like, well, girl, how is she going to react to another kid? But just watching her interact with Emmett, man, she stepped into motherhood, like, I mean, seamlessly, the way she loves him. I'm sure it's a, and it's a God thing, how God created women, but, like, man, he, she, she just does it naturally. I mean, she becomes the third person in the house because she's putting him and, and myself in front of her, you know, without even thinking about it, and it just, she does it with ease. And so, man, it's been really cool to watch her do well, that. thank you.
1: Thank you very much. No, That's
0: nice. Uh, yeah.
1: Two there's your brownie points. Yes, two two, exactly. two are better than one, Working man. On what a great what a great story. Uh thank you for giving me the privilege of having a front row seat again to watching this unfold and uh, before you guys were together and then when you were together and then when you graduated Brandon and then when you went to grad school and watching you guys compliment each other and now seeing you as not just husband and wife, but as mom and dad and training up, uh, baby Emmett. And, uh, man, i want to just ask you one question so you guys have something unique also about you that i think probably would help a a lot of other people you guys are are interracially married and there's probably a lot of people that may be struggling with that what do you (laughs) mean (laughs) yeah and so uh hey i just wonder man if we could do a second part to this episode in the future and you guys come back and just talk to us about but help somebody out there uh understanding that that struggle and uh those seasons and that transition and what that's like and uh so i'm gonna get you on record asking will you come back and oh, help be, walk through some of that for us that yes. would be
2: fun man
0: yeah that would be good
1: all right the well, stories you can get out the of stories that stories we can get out of it oh. so hey Will, man it's great to have y'all today thanks for carving out this time and Thank you. uh coming and sharing with us and hey guys just want to remind you uh if this spoke to your heart out there man we've got some huge takeaways today is don't force it don't force the one don't stress over the one wait for god to bring you the one and then you'll just know it he'll give you a peace he'll pass your understanding and that quit trying to find somebody who's just like you Man, let the other person be who they are, because God's probably bringing into your life somebody that to compliment you. As Brandon said, not detail, you are detail, and that's just one easy example. And so, man, I just want to encourage you out there if you're struggling, um, you know, you don't think you have an example, find somebody, go to the gospel, find somebody to be a mentor to you and help you walk that thing out. And hey, the, uh, I want to encourage you to reach out to us as well. Uh, you can reach me at. Uh, uh, Pastor Brad Webb at FOG. Also, you can email me at. Um uh, brad at family-grace.com that's also at Pastor Brad Webb at F-O-G on Facebook and uh, man we want to hear from you if these podcasts are a blessing to you these episodes are really uh, helping you if you have more questions or you'd like to uh, have some answers to questions that you have reach out to us and man as you're out there just doing life and fighting the good fight of faith remember that in everything you do stay humble and hustle hard
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and it blessed you. If you would like to keep up with Pastor Brad, you can follow him at facebook.com at F We'll see you later.